last week, we explored the power of humility to connect us with God and neighbor. In that process, we talked about the role of tax collectors in Jesus' time as more like sopranos than IRS agents. Tax collectors were the local muscle of the Roman Empire's revenue stream. Often these people used their power to get a little something extra for themselves. Nobody in politics does that anymore. (laughs) This week we have the opportunity to extend the mobster Metaphor. If tax collectors are soprano hitmen, then Zacchaeus is Tony Soprano. He's the local boss, the chief tax collector. Like Tony Soprano, Zacchaeus has done well for himself. He has a nice house. He's made a lot of money through nefarious activity. He's rich, and everybody knows why. So this guy, Jesus, comes to town, and everybody's been talking about him. Jesus has been on tour, making his way from Galilee to Jerusalem. He's been gathering crowds as he goes, and this is his last stop before Jerusalem. He has tons of people around him. Zacchaeus wants to see this guy, but the crowd is too big. So what's he do? He climbs a tree. A sycamore like these trees that are right outside the chapel, right here. I love the idea of Zacchaeus, played by James Gandolfini, trying to climb one of those trees. (laughs) Maybe it'd be better if it were like a short Gandolfini, maybe someone like Jason Alexander, like George from Seinfeld. (laughs) You could picture those guys. You could picture Napoleon, somebody short, whatever. But, 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 please remember what this guy does. He is not some short little guy who is impoverished and kept out. To put it in surf, surf lingo from the 60s, he is a heavy. He gets up in the sycamore. Jesus comes by. Jesus, the guy who spent the entirety of Luke's gospel elevating the poor and the sick, the widows, the orphans, the oppressed, the same Jesus that told the story of Lazarus, the beggar or the woman who was horribly sick for 18 years and healed on the Sabbath, Luke's Jesus, who applauds the shrewd manager for doing whatever he could to help the poor, Luke's Jesus, who says, blessed are the poor and woe to the rich. That Jesus sees the rich man who works for the man, for the Roman Empire, and calls him by name. In an era when social status was determined by hospitality, Jesus publicly declares that he will stay at Zacchaeus' house. People are shocked. They are offended. For us, this would be like Jesus staying with the regional head of ICE 
or with the architects of student loans or like maybe Betsy DeVos or staying at Mar-a-Lago or with the Koch brothers or with Big Oil or better yet, even better, it is like Jesus staying with someone from Big Pharma, the industry that controls who gets medicine, how and how much. This is an industry that made $68 billion in profit last year and contributed to an estimated 40,000 preventable deaths. Jesus with Zacchaeus is like Jesus staying with the Sackler family. The family who started Purdue Pharma, the company that many identify as central to the opioid crisis. A family that pled guilty and paid more than six. $100 million in 2014 in a lawsuit over its marketing of the highly addictive opioid painkiller, Oxycontin. They paid that out and then decided to increase their profits by selling treatments for the very problem they had started in the first place. The Sackler family's wealth is estimated at $13 billion dollars. Imagine if Jesus went to their house and then they said, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. $6.5 billion. If I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay them back four times as much. That would be good news. It would be good news for the poor people who have been the victims of this violence and oppression. It would be good news for the Sackler family. It would be good news for the greater community. And it would be good news for the kingdom of heaven, the eternally unfolding continuity of all that is and was and is to come. It would be change that would inspire hope for everyone. Change that would ripple out. It wouldn't change the wrong that had come. It wouldn't negate it, but it would stop the pain and start to build community. Which brings us to the present. Last week we talked about acknowledging people that we don't like and acknowledging the fact that we are like them, right? They are human beings worthy of love and belonging, as author Brene Brown puts it. It's important to note that this is not the first time Jesus encounters a rich man in this portion of Luke. Just one chapter before, in Luke 18, a rich man comes to Jesus and asks Jesus what he should do. What are the things that he needs to do to to continue in this Jesus way? And Jesus tells him, sell all of his possessions and give the money to the poor, and follow him. The man walks away unhappy, and Jesus delivers that indelible line. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. As students of social change, we have to ask, what's the difference between these two encounters? What is different in this story with Zacchaeus? 
because we are students of social change, we are familiar with Congressman John Lewis. Lewis, who at 23 years old was one of the big six leaders who organized the 1963 March on Washington. He was the chairman of SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Um, And two years later, Lewis was also in the front of a crowd of 600 people in Selma, Alabama, on March 7, 1965, as they crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge and faced destructive and unyielding police force. It became known as Bloody Sunday. We remember this, right? Many of you might have heard that this this Bloody Sunday was captured on live television, live television in the midst while the whole nation was watching. If they were watching TV, they were watching a drama, a, a movie about Nazi Germany. Cut to the bridge. On that bridge, as he crossed, John Lewis had his skull cracked by batons. He still bears the scars from that day. What advice does John Lewis have for those who seek social change? He says, appeal to the goodness of every human appeal to the goodness of every human being exactly what Jesus does with Zacchaeus by calling him by name and by staying in his house Lewis goes on appeal to the goodness and don't give up you never give up on anyone it's not easy it's not simple it's hard enough not to get annoyed with a person in traffic, much less appeal to the goodness of someone who you don't like, actively don't like. Lewis says, to do it, you have to grow. It's not something natural. You have to be taught the way of peace, the way of love, the way of nonviolence. You learn it from being around others who have learned it. In other words, if you want to change others, you must be with others. We must be with people who are different. We must be willing to put ourselves in new places. We must be willing to climb a tree, to welcome someone into our home. We must be willing to love someone that you don't like. Be willing to see the goodness where you do not currently see it. Be willing to change because we need that change. To see change, we must be Change. Be willing to change for climate crisis, for addiction, for sexual discrimination, for gender inequality, for immigration, for the health of the whole. One day, you might find yourself facing the wrong end of a baton or staying in the house of someone that no one likes. You will find love leading you where you do not want to go. Where real change happens. Amen.